have 60 seconds to comply. I think you'd better do what he says, Mr. Kenny. You have 60 seconds to comply. This is Minute 76, part man, part machine, all pod. This minute begins with Bodica saying, well, listen, Chief, and ends with the return of the Taurus. This is... We've, we've discussed this off-air. This is um, going to be a pretty light episode, so uh, mm. congratulations, folks, when you check us out on... Sp- no, 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 I don't want to <laughs> do that gag. The only really thing I've got to say about this particular minute is... This, okay, okay, it's one hell of a good acting tour de force between these two characters. Yeah, that's the thing. These next couple of minutes, it's just some really great acting moments. There's some yeah. great dialogue. There's, it, it's great, but what do I say about it? It's a bit dry, yes. Yeah. So uh, um, what's uh, interesting is that it, normally if you get two villains in a scene... Like, you know, you get essentially the Megatron Starscream thing. You know, you've always got the subservient yeah. one, the backstabber or thing in between. It's weird to find these two characters, these two almost equally villainous villains. Mm. And they actually get on very well. Like, true yeah. partners in crime. Yeah, I mean, there is that kind of thing of they've both got a knife at each other's back. So at any moment, yeah. if one of them fucks up, well, yeah. But uh, for the most part, they're... But one of them has fucked up in one of the vines, and yet, you know, they've still got this working relationship, and I think that's the point, is that, you know... True. Actually, yeah, an open, communic- you know, good communication, a great... Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of trust going on there, yeah. I know! You know, because it, it, we've talked about it briefly, like, last minute or so, like, if you go to, like, the original scripts or even the book... It's a bit more like, say, Bodica's a bit more subservient, you know, it's a bit more like a uh, Dick's giving him, like, you know, an absolute hard time for, you know, spilling his guts, and it's, it really comes across as, you know, you need to fix this mess or you're fucking next kind of thing, but... Yeah, I think with... Oh my god, why is my brain... Uh, my brain's like Miguel Ferrer. Yes, I know, but... Friggin... <laughs> Kurt Morton, Smith, there we go. Or... Yeah. No, uh, Bob Morton. Oh, the, the dynamic, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, my brain just kept saying Miguel Ferrer. I was like, yeah, I know, but I need to know the <laughs> character's name for a second. But, yeah, the dynamic between him and... and Now I'm saying curse with you. Oh, my God, why am I only saying the actor's name? It's, it's one of those weeks, guys. Yeah, look, Clarice Bodica and Bob Morton, actually. Uh, oh. We got there in the end. Yes, so... Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to say about their dynamic, it was a case of... Clarence is just kind of there for the money. He doesn't think of Bob as his his boss. Oh, oh, it's just yeah, sort of... of course. Yeah. It's very much like, yeah, I'm just doing what I'm being told. You could have replaced Clarence with literally any other person for the function of the scene. It only The only thing that does is add to the whole thing of like, oh shit, these two are working together. I think it's kind of like... The dynamic between uh, a customer and a tradie, you know, like a plumber or someone like that, you know, and Bob's just kind of standing there at the sink going, well, I mean, I don't know, man, I don't know what's going on here, but can you do something? And that's Clarence. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, I thought you were talking about the scene where Clarence murders uh, Bob. No, I mean the dynamic between them in terms of Dick Jones and Bodica yeah, no, you're saying an, an equal relationship. You're saying about Morton. Sorry, I'm a bit confused. Yeah, I don't know why you're confused about this. I'm just comparing Dick Jones with Bob Morton in terms of their relationship to Clarence. What the fuck are you on, dude? You know, like, the relationship between Morton and Clarence, like, was there? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, okay. Yeah, because... We're on the same page now. Yeah. It's it's been a busy week. Mm. My brainy hurt. Yeah. No, but didn't uh, no, but Bob Borton brought Clarence on, didn't he, in the first place? And then no. he t- no, really? Am I just writing fan fiction here? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. The only interaction between Clarence and Bob Morton is when Clarence goes and murders Bob Morton. That's it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. No. Because um, I swear to God, it was more of this <laughs> thing of he brought him on, and then no. Dick. We are. Oh, Dick? yeah. I don't know why. I always had it in my head. <laughs> That Dick actually turned Clarence against him. No. But, yeah. They literally, Bob I'm Morton not. and Clarence have absolutely nothing in any kind of relationship up until that 
scene where bitches leave and as I said, in that scene, Clarence is just only a he's a prop. He's not really a character. He's there to the audience to say, hang on, there's a relationship between Dick Jones and Bodica. And in that context, right. Bodica's the, so the, the the hired I, thug. Yeah, because I thought that <laughs> Bob wanted the Robocop project, so he got Clarence oh, to no, no, kill no. That was Dick. Uh, Murphy. Right. No, I don't no. know why. Because Dick Jones wanted his whole uh, Ed 209 yes. thing. So, <laughs> so I, yeah, because I thought, <laughs> well, then why would he kill a cop and turn him into Robocop? You know what I mean? Like, that's where no, my no. brain went. Um, okay, so Dick Jones hired, or is working in collaboration with Bodica to raise the crime levels high enough within the city so he can get Ed 209 uh basically approved and onto the street. Bob Morton manipulated used that to manipulate the um OCP cop population to get Murphy moved into a more highly volatile era so he can get murdered for the Robocop. Oh, because his whole town was thinking that was a pretty uh, dick move for, for Dick to <laughs> no. actually turn his own uh, Bob's own thug against him, so I thought, yeah, no, Damn. no, no, well, I want no, no. that to be oh, canon now. Can we make that seventy six like minutes that. in? We're finally getting to this. <laughs> yeah, no. isn't that funny that you and I've done this with other movies by minutes where I uh, there was a little detail that my brain just kind of added in all these blanks, I guess. And I wrote, I guess it's because I have hyperphantasia. I just write in extra backstory. <laughs> And then I forget that that's just backstory I created. It's fan fiction. It's not real. <laughs> well, to be fair, I had never picked up the uh, just it's just tiniest bit of dialogue in the early minutes where Bob is talking about uh, placing high uh, high rated candidates into uh, oh god, I can't remember exact words. Probably go back in time to an hour to a year or so ago. Uh, and he's talking about how, like, yeah, he's placed high, pro, um, high, uh, I don't know, high potential candidates into into more violent areas, literally to just get candidates for the Robocop project. And he was just basically, yeah, he he's responsible for Murphy's death chan- tangentially. Ah. But it's such a minor thing that it really helps snowball when you think of the context. Like, yeah, Bob Morton is partially responsible for Murphy's death. Yeah, I blew that up way bigger in my memory. That's weird. <laughs> okay, now we're getting this sorted. <laughs> yeah, okay, so maybe it's like a Mandela effect thing. I'm actually not wrong. I'm actually from um, the you multiverse. You are from a different universe. We've already established Multiverse this. of Madness, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Robocop Multiverse of Madness. I don't know if I'm keeping any of this in. I don't know if this is of any interest to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is interesting from the perspective of how our own filters will apply to a movie. And yeah, the Mandela effect is kind of that, where people have this weird shared um, misremembering of things, but it's it's in the weirdest way possible. I think it, it tends to happen if you're overthinking something or you're not thinking about it much at all. So if it's something in your yeah. background, like uh, Berenstein Bears or Bernstein or whatever the hell, I don't Berenstein care. I've never Berenstein, yeah. Yeah, I've never thought that. Which. Yeah, I don't even, I don't care because I've never thought about that hard. And no. but when it comes to RoboCop, I've spent so much time thinking about, oh, what if this and what if that and wouldn't it be mm. cool if? And then you forget that the wouldn't it be cool if was just in your head. It didn't actually happen. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe in the Dick Jones prequel series. <laughs> it'll, it'll yeah, be, now I'm sad. That. I like that uh, sort of double betrayal there. I thought it was like no. some real Game of Thrones shit going. <laughs> no, the the only true Game of Thrones shit is uh, these two characters. We're finally getting to these two characters reaching the consensus. Yeah, sorry, already for fifteen minutes we've been fucking around probably about trying to figure out which universe we're in. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it, it is an interesting. Ah, uh, oh, so I was just reading the. Um, just one of those things that pop up on the feed. And you just always reread it, like the whole thing of like your brain is a um, a, a bunch of jelly and 
bacon and like prediction like machine and yep and parting a mech you know and like and i'm just yes. going to record power cop this is perfect to turn up at the same day and yeah how our brain filters and and its memories and this is something we're going to definitely get up to in in the next minute or two with robocop himself is because he's finally mm. remembering his life mm. i'm still tripping out about i have distinct memories of scenes in a movie that didn't happen I'm still <laughs> <laughs> no uh, i can see time... it in my i swear to god like I, I could write the dialogue i could tell you where the camera's placed everything <laughs> I, I would love to see you uh, do that, like the the alt alternate universe cut scene. Yeah, I had in my Bob Morton told Bodica to kill Murphy. It's in my head. It's there. It's real. It's real. <laughs> I'm gonna go to the alternate universe <laughs> and, and bring it back to this one. We've seen Doctor Strange recently, not to timestamp this or anything, but... You dreamt it, and you were dreaming in the alternate universe I was watching it. Oh, right, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> okay, I like Multiverse of Madness, and this is going to be a quick tangent. The whole thing of, yeah. your dreams are just your alternate universe selves. I'm like, oh, fuck, that's disappointing. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's scary. That's, mm, don't want those to be real. No, because most of them are no, not even that interesting in other universes, apparently. Um, or I'm constantly naked. But either way. Um. <laughs> We're all naked on the inside. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> this is a great episode. We're, on to, we're off to a great start. And you were the one who were worried we had nothing to say. And we've already started going into fucking weird alternate universe dreamscapes. Uh I'm sorry, I really <laughs> underestimated episode 76. I... <laughs> Any... God, I'm Lesser dull. podcasts would edit all of this out, but we don't. We fucking stick to our guns. If we edited all this out, we'd have a 10 minute fucking episode. <laughs> <laughs> Getting us back on, on track somehow. Somehow. There's a moment in this thing, Chris, like, you know, it's more so in the previous minute, like, you know, when Bodica goes to, um, you know, look at my face, dick, and, like, really puts the emphasis mm. on dick. Look at my dick face. Look at my <laughs> look at my dick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and then that tension is, like, literally at the beginning of this minute, and then when they start to, when um, Clarence starts to walk away, and Dick finally, you know, Puts the hard sell on him. And I just love that thing where, like, literally, uh, Bodica starts to walk backwards. That's <laughs> like, yeah, you son of a bitch. You, yeah, it, it's, it's the Rick and Morty, you son of a bitch, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I like so the line that Dick has about, uh, we practically are the military, and I just really oh, wanted yeah. to cut to a clip from Starship Troopers. Oh, <laughs> oh hell yeah. Uh, well, oh, the funny thing about that is, uh, in the book, there's extra dialogue after the We Practically Are the Military, and it just does not work. I'm doing my part. Yeah, we really came out of nowhere, I felt. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see if I can find the dialogue, and it's just, it's so cheesy and just... Bleh. I never noticed, but the fluorescent lights in the office there, they do strobe a little bit. Ooh, let me have a look. Just in the last few seconds before it cuts... So the funny thing is, oh yeah, wow. Yeah, fluoro and file sync and frame syncing. Not good. Um, yeah, I've never seen that on film. Film. I know digital cameras do that, something fierce. Well, in film, it's um, because it's a physical... Well, it's still frame rate, but it's because it's a physical thing. You can't really adjust it unless you're doing high speed, uh, low speed for effect for dslr i know at least it's based on your shutter speed because the mm. shutter still technically has to work because it's it's basically a gate in front of your sensor mm. so if you have if your camera is recording 25 frames per second but your shutter speed is set at 30th of a second you're going to get mm. banding if it's at 25 yeah. 50 100 uh shutter speed then it's synced. Mm. Uh -huh. So, yeah, there's a technical reason why you do it. 
I guess you, if you want to add that effect, you can. But then you also have the issue of, oh god, it's your, it's the power grid hertz. Because I think we're on 50, mm. 50 hertz in Australia. Oh, there was on uh, on IMDb in the, I think it was the Born Identity trivia section. He, I, I think he, he starts the movie in India or some of like that. And they said in the trivia section, um, that light is flickering at such and such hertz, but in India it would be uh, this other number, <laughs> so it's inaccurate. Whoa, someone's an electrician. Yeah, so because we operate on 50 hertz, we shoot at 25 frames per second, and then we, so we have a frame rate of 50, uh, 150, sorry, a shutter speed of 150 a second, there should not be any banding. But if it mm. was operating at 60 hertz, then you'd want to shoot at 30 frames per second and 1 60th of a second shutter speed to remove banding from light sources. But fluoros are notoriously fickle beasts. So, yeah. I found this bit of terrible dialogue. So, as is after Dick threw the um, tracker card, Clarence picked up the card and stuffed it in his shirt pocket. Give me a few hours to get a plan going. By tomorrow morning, your machine man will be ready for the scrap heap. That's the way I like to hear you talk, Clarence, Jones beamed. I figured, Clarence said, turn to leave. By the way, he called, if I were you, I'd fire the Ice Queen outside. She's a real bitch. Doesn't know how to treat the guests. Jones nodded. Consider it done. Jones mm. watched Clarence disappear from the office. He leaned back in his chair. Asshole. She did nothing wrong. So, bastard trying to get rid of Barbara as well. Fuck her. Yeah, see, I feel like Bodica, he lets things slide a bit more than that. That's a little bit too vindictive. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's so glad that they cut that. It's not needed. We already know that Clarence is a douchebag, so... Yeah. Like, Gotta say, I really love the dark tiles decorating this office. It's just... It's so 80s. It's so heavy and severe, and I love it. Is that what we're reduced to with, with commentating on the I just... I gotta tell ya, I really love 80s interior decor. It's just... It is. It is really it, nice. <laughs> it doesn't look like anything else, and uh, I've been watching Miami Vice. You're not exactly up my alley, style and persona-wise. And that takes it to 11. I mean, let's just paint big pink squares on blue on the walls. Why not, you know? <laughs> there is, um... I, I don't know. I, I do wish we could return to a more neon-based... Uh, interior mm. decoration sometimes like, it, it this feels so corporate office you know this whole just grays and as like, oppressive as can be it's sort of yeah. like um oh uh not sark but uh ed dillinger's office in tron you know yeah, just yeah. peak 80s villain boss decor <laughs> well it's funny because when i think about like um corporate designed things like it almost tends always tends to be the blandest thing possible like it's not corporation corporations or corporate think is just trying to remove all kind of artistic merit and color or you know and sometimes like what's the cheapest paint available oh we'll use that one that kind of penny pinching bullshit mentality and even like design gets stripped down that way as you know it's like have you seen the new um art gallery uh I, this has been one of my pet peeves so i have to walk past it every fucking day the art gallery's new logo oh i haven't seen it the art gallery of wa it's so unbalanced from a design point of view because it's just this basically the a g w a the a and the g are gigantic like i'm not gonna mince words here it's fat. It's like these big, mm. fat, bold letters. Sick. And right next to these really skinny kind of pushed... It looks like they've been pushed to the side, WA. Like these stick-thin... It's so out overbalanced mm. and out of balance and the weight of the letters and... Oh, yeah, I see. It's ag what? ag what? Yeah, and it's like, oh... And I immediately yeah. looked at it and went, yeah, that was, that was, that was decided by a biz, that was decided by a fucking board, you know, that was, let's strip out any kind of creativity yes. or anything and just go with the blandest fucking thing. And it's just a fucking font you can get on Office. So it's not even like an interesting font. It's 
bland and generic. And I hate it. <laughs> Sorry. Well, uh, I'm just, I'm looking through this for anything. Um, <laughs> well, I and did it's have really, a couple more notes. Just... Okay, good. <laughs> so, um... Unless we're going to find some other uh, multiverse anomalies in, in this. <laughs> just well, frame. So here's the thing. We don't really... We've not really done too much of, realistically speaking. At least I don't recall doing too much of. I've got a little bit of a casting note right here. Oh, yeah. So I, I'm i not... Well, I don't mind hearing these things like you know, alternate... You know, Who could have been... I think we've only talked about it in regards to... I think we've brought up Arnie was in contention for Robocop, I'm fairly certain. Mm. But uh, according to IMDb, Kurtwood Smith originally auditioned for the role of Dick Jones. And uh-huh. when he first learned he'd been cast, he thought that the role that was the role he had been given. Not until later did he find out he'd be playing Clarence Boddicker. Later still, he discovered the reason. Being Dutch, director Paul Verhoeven had grown up near the Holocaust and thought that, when wearing glasses, Smith resembled Heinrich Himmler. He kinda does! Yeah, Smith apparently agreed with the idea, stating that a bigger, more menacing villain would come across as someone who could merely be outsmarted, while his character's glasses made him look smarter, and therefore more of a threat. Mm. So, yeah. uh, In the alternate universe, Kurtwood Smith could have been Dick Jones. Mm. And I, I, I don't think I could see um, Ronnie Cox Clarence Boddicker, but who knows? No. Yeah, I think Ronnie Cox is better at playing that more, I don't know, uh, a white mm. collar. I think this is that, that, that's basically the dynamic oh. here. We've got a blue collar and a white collar villain. Yeah, he's got that corporate smug down so down pat, especially in this minute. Yeah, I don't see him as the guy who gets his hands dirty. No, and what I love about this, even though he's pissed at uh, Clarence for ratting him out, he's still 100%, or at least in his own opinion, he's still 100% in control. Mm. There is I've always no... loved when villains team up. That's more interesting mm. to me when, than when heroes team up, and I feel like these are two equal yeah. boss boss fights, basically, the boss villains in, in a video game. But this is what I was going at before, is that usually when villains team up, it's almost inevitable that one's going to backstab the other. You know, it's always the, uh, yeah. you know, I'm going to be the bigger, I'm going to be the bigger bad, you know. It's the big dog. Yeah. And these are, t- <laughs> I was going to bring up big dogging uh, <laughs> earlier. But yeah, these are two big dogs. They both know it. Yeah. And Game recognized game. Yes. Exactly, that's what I love about this minute is that actually the power play between these two characters is so phenomenally good and it's acted accordingly. It's mm. like these two are not, um, these both of them are stepping up against each other, they both have grievances. At the end of the day, they're both working together, they both know what they need to do, and uh, they both know their places. And <laughs> well, here's the thing because now I think about the Robo Flag problem. We're in well and truly into the third act here. Oh, I was living in blissful ignorance for a moment there. I forgot there was a remake. It was yeah. wonderful. It was, yeah. yeah, I want to live in that multiverse of madness for the review there. <laughs> yeah. But, um, because this is a commentary note that Ed brings up. Uh, but we're, we're well and truly into the third act by now. Mm. And what's weird is that uh, Ed talks about this as um, third act exposition, which is probably something you really shouldn't be doing at this point. You really shouldn't be exposing... Exposing? (laughs) Exposing. Expositing, yeah. Expositing. No, I don't want to expose myself to the audience as well, but um, you're not not supposed to be expositing to the audience by this stage, because you should already know all this, but I think this works. It's just... Far enough into the third act where it just helps tie up the loose ends. Hmm. And pretty much after maybe the next minute is where it's going to be balls to the wall to the end. Like, Hmm. it ramps up like crazy. And once the showdown happens, it's, it's on. There's not really much 
dialogue. There's not much uh, communication beyond just pure action and great acting. Mm. Mm. The last note I've got is... So, <laughs> there's a moment uh, where he goes, I guess we're going to be friends after all, Richard. Which I love that's the, the reverse of Dick. He's probably the only person in this entire movie that calls Dick Jones Richard. But also the guy's name is normally Dick, and then he says Richard, and that sounds like the insult. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, that is a um, cloaked reference to Richard Nixon. <laughs> ah! Because people you know, kept calling Richard Nixon Dick you know, as an insult, so it's a reverse on that. At least mm. according to uh, Ed Neumeyer. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much all I've got. I guess it's time for gaslighting Robocop. Alex, how do you feel? I feel fine, Dr. Norton. 85 begins with Robocop shooting a man and ends with <laughs> him being switched off. And 86 <laughs> begins with Murphy being deactivated 20 <clears throat> minutes after the original Robocop was paralyzed by Dick Jones and ends with more <laughs> Sam Jackson, the apparent main character of this film. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, it, you know you've you've pretty much hit it right there. Is that of it's twenty minutes after RoboCop being defeated, and how mm. he gets shut off in this is just like oh yeah, just turn the fucking switch off. Mm, mm, oh, no, he's being no naughty. We gotta give him a timeout. <laughs> Press <laughs> the button. Yeah, it's mu- it is much more visceral. I think it's more visceral in the original. Because mm. Robocop is fighting so hard against it, and there's a sense yeah. of stakes, like, oh, shit, you thought you'd just bust in here like a badass and arrest him. Nope. Yeah, there's there's almost no stake here. I mean, if anything, Robocop has just exposed the police force, like, literally the captain of the division, or the precinct, whatever you want to mm. fucking call it, for being corrupt. And, like, he's fucking Twitch screaming mm. that shit. Or at least to the rest of the fucking cops. And... <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be fun? That would be another... If they were making this Robocop now. <laughs> oh. Robocop Twitch screaming. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. It's your boy, RoboFlag. <laughs> Fuck. The yeah, and uh, there's all the comments on the side and the stupid <laughs> stickers and shit. Oh, God. Robocop's like speeding down a police thing and these fucking, um, what you call it, um, bit, uh, <laughs> fucking tags come up on the screen. So I'm about to arrest you, but I've got to answer, I've got to answer this uh, a bit request. I would love to see what, uh, you know, like a Charlie Brooker, you know, Black Mirror kind of writer would do with the Robocop premise. Fuck yes. Black Mirror Robocop would be cool. Mm, I think that's what it needed is it doesn't even... We've had Black Mirror Star Trek, so Well shit. It's exactly what I was hoping to spare you from. Yes, and that was wonderful. I love it. <laughs> I think you know, you don't necessarily have to go more violent or more R rated no. to go darker, and I think Black Mirror shows that a lot, that there's these very shocking episodes, but then you look at the rating and something about an M or a PG and go, Oh, yeah, I guess it's more psychological. It's the yeah. it's what they imply more than anything. Yeah, psychological horror can be very effective, especially when you've got a concept mm. with like what if we take a man's brain and stick it in a robot? You know, that's that's body horror with psychological horror. Oh, I mean, yeah, that is absolutely the the most horrific thing. I mean, the scariest story I've ever heard, I don't think I mentioned on this podcast, but I think I mentioned on another one, um, there was an experiment. Uh, this guy wanted to do head transplants back in, I think, the 50s. And so oh, he I ta- think I've he heard about these, this, but go on. Yeah. Uh, these two, I think they were monkeys. And the first phase of the experiment was that they only left the brain and the skull. You know, they, they decapitated the monkey, they took the skin <laughs> off, they mm. took the eyeballs, everything out except for the brain because they just wanted to figure out, well, can we make a, a, a jar for a brain? And it just... Oh, they, yeah. they, they, they took the anesthetics off once they were done with the procedure. So Oof, are you telling fuck. me it was conscious? It was thinking? Oh, my God. And I, I lay awake at I'm, night. I'm guessing not for long. Not for long, no. No, that's one confused and pissed off monkey. Oh, Jesus. And I just... 
Yeah, I, I lay awake at night sometimes. Yeah, Ooh. I lie there going, well, what? The brain's still functioning, right? So it's not... It's not like it's not conscious. It's, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> surgeons, yeah. man. You know, Ooh. surgeons are very important in our society, but also I think some of them are actual psychopaths who have just used their um, bloodlust in a very <laughs> constructive way. Yeah, there is a um, an ethical quandary when it comes to uh, a lot of uh, old science compared to... And, and what it's given us in many ways... And the price we've had to pay for good science and like mm. stuff we know, like even even as far as like dealing with cadavers and like how we've learned had to learn about the body through you know corpses because there's no yeah. other way to do it. It feels like you know you said there's probably a moral issue here, but at the same time, it's given us a greater understanding of the body. Mm. Uh, and yeah, like even. So I think especially psychological uh, studies where it's like those really getting to some horrible shit and we've learned a lot from it and the question often comes is was it worth it? Yeah. I, I, I can't answer that. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm capable of answering that. It's that trolley scenario where, yeah. okay, Nazi experiments, mm, bad, very bad, I don't think we're going <laughs> to argue that. But they also did find out some uh, very useful things about biology, which has saved countless lives. So, good? Well, <sighs> war in and of itself has always been a way of accelerating medical science. Mm. Because they've had Whoa, to Whoa, what is it good ways... for? Accelerating medical science. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Say it again now. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, but... It's literally a thing of, like, how do we stop people from dying? Or how do we, like, you know, uh, having to ease people's pain when they have been exploded by fucking, you know, warfare and shit like mm. that. So it's like, there's this weird kind of symbiosis, for mm. lack of a better term, between, like, war and... Speaking of symbiosis, the next phase of the macaque experiment was that oh, they God. cut the head off another monkey and they sewed it onto... Uh, a separate monkey, um, oh. and that monkey woke up and, again, probably very pissed off and confused, and uh, it couldn't... I mean, it, its eyes were dilating, but it couldn't move anything else because, you know, no. they, they cut it, it uh, from its spine, so it's yeah. not good. But it survived. <laughs> That's where you start to go... <laughs> Just, yeah, head transplants give me the fucking jubilees. Oh, Just... yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jacob Geller, I think, on YouTube, he did a video recently about it, and, uh, yeah, fascinating stuff. And what I'm trying to say is, yeah, Robocop is probably the result of a lot of really <laughs> fucked up experiments. Not just the ones yeah. that happened in the real world, but in this Robocop future reality. And... That's it. By the point of this movie, they literally have the technology to remove someone's brain and stick it in a robot's and make it function. God knows how many people they've gone through to do that. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering is, were there tests to get to Robocop? I, I don't think they're just going to jump straight into making the final product. So, <laughs> no. were there animals? Is there dog Robocop? Is there... <gasps> oh man, that would be adorable though. Robodog. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh god. No, my my brain went worse. I went. I wonder if everyone noticed that there was a decrease in the homeless population. Oh yeah, no, that's probably what I. Well, after the dogs, then you move on to the humans, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, we yeah we also saw the artificial heart at the beginning yeah. of of the original film. So yeah, they're foreshadowing that this technology exists. So how much of that is original to RoboCop? We will never know. Yeah, I mean that's just, that's a that's an ethical and moral question you have to ask for both uh, movies because um, I guess with RoboFlag they've really set it up that it's mostly that they had the AI robot technology down pat. Hmm. All they really needed to do was plug in a brain just to say, "Hey, this is not a robot." That's really what they're trying to say. 
We just needed an Android that could click on the I am not a robot button. That's just all they were trying it. to do that, in the remake. That's literally the whole thing with the Dreyfus Act. It's like, you know, we don't want 100% robots that are built by AI. I would go one step forward and say controlled by a fucking mega corporation. But it would be good if there was some criticism about that. Yeah, I'm very upset that there isn't a RoboCop dog in anything. I thought maybe the cartoons would have had that. No, yeah. there is a Terminator dog, though, and it <laughs> looks vicious. I love it. I, I The only one I can recall of the RoboCop dog was from RoboCop vs. the Terminator. Did, did they mm. turn up in the... No, I don't think they turned up in the movies. Because I think sometimes when I think dog mon- movie monster hybrid, I think Alien 3. Yes. No, the other thing is, so Rorschach shuts down Flag because he didn't want to have a broadcast of Robocop shooting a cop. And like the whole thing of like, kill, oh sorry, killing a cop. It's like, wasn't this firmly established that Robocop's bullets were non-lethal? Like, mm. literally a big thing was like, all of his shots were fucking uh, electric bullets or some bullshit. Like fucking, he was basically tasering people. And he literally just tasered two other cops. Yeah, is it is it a taser or is it... I don't know how that works. Or are they just electrified Nerf bullets? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It, they made a really big deal that Robocop's arsenals are fucking tasers. To the mm. point where they shoot differently. They don't have the same sound effect. They are weird-looking guns compared Why to Why is this movie gun. not at all about police brutality at all? Be- like, not even a little bit? Because that would mean it's criticizing something. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that thing that the original movie never did. Yeah, this is to Robocop what Zack Snyder is to Watchmen, which, funny enough, Jackie O'Haley is in both of them. But I think I've told you this before, that Zack Snyder played Watchmen so straight. There is no satirical element. Zack Snyder is so no homo that he won't even play things anything other than straight in terms of tone. He at least uh, gave us Dr. Manhattan Wang in th- full 3D oh, yeah. glory but um true true actually yeah oh we were talking about this uh <laughs> earlier in the week about how 3d movies just completely uh erase themselves off the face of the <laughs> earth to the point that again multiverse of madness i forgot that that existed mm. i i'm I, that's another dimension to me now it was in the context that uh, uh avatar 2 is finally coming out 13 years after the original and yes. like one of the big driving forces for uh, the first movie was because it was this big 3D tech experience. Yes. So uh, my comment was that without the thrill of the new technology, is Avatar 2 going to have as much business? So I, I would... Hmm. I think you got to bring back the 3D. You know, <laughs> uh, there's kids out there who were born after <laughs> Avatar. They don't even know, oh, man. Oh, God. Jim, oh, can you imagine this? Jim Cameron goes, no, you can, the only way you can sc- uh, screen an Avatar 2 is with a anthroscopic, whatever it's called, 3D, and it has to be done at 120 frames per second. Like, all the really dumb bullshit... Uh, uh, technological advances that Hollywood has tried to push in the last 10 years. Um, so one note I did actually have about this minute was that this is one of the few times where Robocop actually demonstrates an ability that is superhuman, that is kind of interesting. You know, he can see that the guy in front of him is going to attack him. He has a yeah, intention to do that. And so he weird. looks away. He looks, he looks disinterested. He looks away. And then fires directly at uh the perpetrator yeah and i thought that's really cool do more of that and do it earlier than minute fucking 85 well the thing is is that this is not me having to go with the actor if it was mm. something like that like you know he was sweating he's perspiring and like maybe it's like a zoom into like you know that that those kind of a lot of that stuff's bullshit I'll be honest like a lot of the oh if a person's looking left that means they're lying a lot of that stuff's bullshit but in the context of this movie, if we saw the context clues, it's supposed to just a big warning fucking QET fucking thing coming up. Mm. Yeah, that would be really cool, especially when it's paired with the other guy who's acting almost exactly the same. So I do like how he's on the fly, you know, hacking their phones to check their records and shit. And yeah. it is interesting that, yes, they bring up the fact that the captain was corrupt. But this is my other note. 
if Dean was corrupt, why was she working with Omnicore to make the robot man? Yeah, so we'll get into that's the next... Uh, oh, no, actually, it's in this cluster, I think. It's not yeah, the it very isn't. next minute they do talk about it. Yeah, so it's in 86. Um, I thought it was later. Yeah, so... <laughs> Okay, so Sellers later, he's using Robocop's attempt against corrupt cops as a good thing. He's kind of, as a selling point, if you will. And so... The play is that it's like he's been attacked by the corrupt cops and he's in critical condition or some bullshit like that. Yeah, which kind of convolutes the story a little bit more. I mean, I kind of like, in theory... uh, yeah, so the cops and OCP are in alliance, yes, but then yeah. once this event goes down, he throws uh, Sellers throws them under the bus. Yeah. Okay. No, I, okay, I'll give them that's points good. for that. That's actually, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, it just could be a better movie. <laughs> and I think the other problem is... And this is something that, uh, oh, many years ago, but Lindsay Ellis did a whole series called The Whole Plate about mm, the that. Michael Bay Transformers films. And her main thesis, her question was, why the fuck is it so hard to remember anything that happens in those movies? <laughs> <laughs> and yes. the answer is that there's just everything everywhere all at once. It's just too much happening. Mm. And you can't focus on anything because you quickly moved on to the next plot point or whatever. And I think this Robocop film, somehow, it manages to feel like nothing's happening. And then when something interesting does happen, you're shepherded it along so quickly to the next scene or or plot beat that you don't have time to go, oh, that's it. Oh, that was kind of interesting. Oh, okay, it's gone. Hmm." Talking loud and saying nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, you, you've, you've got it right there. And that's, I think that's the one thing I, I also keep coming back with this movie, is that for a movie that's half an hour longer than the original, it's trying to say so much and can't say anything. And I, why did we need an extra half an hour of this movie? We could have cut out so much. And the problem is, I think if you cut out everything that's superfluous or not interesting, you'd probably end up with an hour shorter than the original. So... Yeah, I I'm seeing so much they could have done. Uh, I mean, I always say that every minute, I suppose. But it's actually kind of fun to see. Oh, yeah, no, you actually did that right. Keep going, okay. One thing I actually really do like about these two minutes, I like that we get this this actually what should be an incredibly crucial plot detail is that Omnicore can just flick the switch at any given time, anywhere in the fucking world. Like, mm. they have complete total control. And I legitimately cannot remember if they ever bring this up again. Especially because when we know Robocop rebels. Like, I can't remember if there's any, like, does Norton flip a switch to say, well, I've turned off your off switch. You know, or so I just mm. literally can't remember that. And mm. especially because we're at this point where Robocop, again, Robocop has just lost his humanity, gained back his humanity, is solving his... I keep, they keep calling... They keep saying that Murphy died. He did not. He didn't die at all. But they keep bringing up this thing of, like, you killed Murphy. And, again, pacing. You've taken over an hour to get to this point where it should have been half an hour ago. Like, literally half an hour ago is where Robocop was doing all this shit. The thing is, we're going to get to the next minute is the... um, We're finally getting back to the setup where it's all about the Dreyfus Act and this whole thing of... Sellers' entire purpose with his entire movie is to repel an act so he can sell robots to the US military. Mm. That's it. That's it. He just wants a world police force with his name branded all over it. Yeah. So he's going to unintentionally bring down society, the police, (laughs) just for profit. And you know what? That is very American. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's the funny thing is if that had actually been... The uh, the commentary on this, it could have been something, but the commentary is so confused or it's so missing or it's just like, oh yeah, we're commentarying this. I have to wonder, are these little plot beats, are they actually intentionally, or at least originally, the scriptwriters put them in there with the intention of it being critical, satirical, all hmm. of that, 
and then the studio got involved and reined that back in. Are we seeing the sort of the the, the DNA evidence, the the fossil record of something <laughs> something better? I've not been able to find a, a script. I'll be honest, I'm not exactly gone out of my way to look for it. I'd love to be able to track that in. I'd be really curious to see what a first draft of this would have been like. Yeah, although. <laughs> It's a remake. The probably first draft of this movie was copy-pasted from 1986, so... Mm. Um. <laughs> Just control F a few words here and there. <laughs> Morton. We'll make that a Norton. There copy you go. replace. Uh, uh, replace every mention of uh, uh, Lewis with Black Lewis, who's a yep. dude. Yeah, <laughs> I would love that if in the script it literally, you know, when, when it says the character's name, yeah. Black Lewis, who is a dude, every single time. <laughs> every single time. <laughs> what are they trying to tell us here? Well. <laughs> oh, God. It's not enough that this is a bad film. To be honest, in many no. ways. No, it would. I love bad movies, and this, my friend, is not a bad movie. No, it's just a. It's nothing. mediocre. Yeah, I think that's the thing with most. Let's face it, most thing with most remakes is that they just fart out a mediocre film for nostalgia bucks. And I think what hurts this movie is that Robocop is such a nuanced, interesting, thought-provoking movie under the surface of a dumb action film, and they just somebody just missed that. I don't think it was a director. I think it was a suit. I think it was a producer or the studio. I've been uh, trying to find any statistics on is Hollywood less original now? And uh, okay, yes. well, this one, <laughs> uh, Stephen Follows website, um, 39% of top movies released between 2005 and 2014 were truly original, mm. i.e. not an adaptation, sequel, spin-off, remake, or other yeah. such derivative work. That's surprising to me. 39%, I mean, it's still less than half, but that's yeah. more than I thought it would be. Somebody did a thing uh, last year or so, and it was about, um, of all the, like... Not necessarily all the movies, because there's always new original movies coming out. But when you look at, like, top-earning blockbuster, like, movies, like, things that get played across cinemas and, like, things with huge opening weekends, and, yeah, like, 90% of them are sequels and reboots. Like, like or franchise things. Yeah, I mean, there's a chart here. I'll send you a link, but... Um... Yeah, from about 2013 onwards, you definitely saw a really sharp drop with original yeah. works, and there's a sharp increase in the uh, pre-existing movie. That's interesting. It's at the same time. They just fork off at the same point. <laughs> fork off. Think about 2012. What was one of the biggest movies that came out in 2012? Prometheus. <laughs> exactly. No, Avengers. Avengers really solidified this whole idea of the big franchise. And, mm. you know, it was the highest grossing movie of that year and one of the highest grossing movies of all time and all this other stuff. So Hollywood just went, we can make a lot of money this way. And that's what they tried to do. Yeah, although, I mean, actually, Prometheus, in, in that respect, isn't wrong because it's uh, they're just trying to make a franchise out of Alien again. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's and, like, let's see, 2012... Uh, it was the only Marvel movie I'd done that time, and mm. last few years we're getting three a year MCU. It's intense. Yeah, other big movies you've got. Um, yeah, Prometheus. But I hate that I enjoy them. I'm so fucking pissed. I, you know, I go in there. Every my brother goes, "Oh, let's go see the latest Marvel movie." Go, ah, oh, uh, I guess we'll have to go. And then I walk out, and I'm like, "Oh, this is so great! Remember that thing? It was so good." Like, I fucking hate myself. <laughs> Confession time. I still haven't seen last year's Marvel movies. I haven't seen Eternals or... Um, hang on, was Black Widow last year? I don't know. I haven't seen Eternals and Shang-Chi yet. Oh, uh, yeah, no, they're bullshit, probably. Although, you know, I'll watch it and be like, Oh, that was really good! So I hate yeah. myself. <laughs> I'm a defender only because I I take it for what they are. They're pop. No, Defenders films. was cancelled. Uh, <laughs> no, I haven't seen Defenders, ironically enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't. Although I must admit, uh, I haven't seen Inhumans, and I've heard that's a pile of shit. But seeing Anson Mount as Black Bolt, I was like, "Hey, he's a very handsome man." Fuck the Illuminati scene, Mwah. so good. 
more like handsome mount. Yeah. Oh, I've still yet to see a Strange New Worlds. Apparently it's good. So, no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I keep hearing people say, oh, this this Star Trek's good. And I'll watch it and it's like, oh, yeah, it's Picard. And it's like, Anyway. Mm, well, no, we can't. We can't open those floodgates because that will just oh the 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 rage that seethes from both of us will not end. <laughs> I think we've bullshit enough this episode. Yeah, this has been a really really weird episode. Uh, I'm in a very weird mood, <laughs> and it's about to get even weirder. Um. Uh, oh, y'all ready for this? We got another episode to record. <laughs> oh fuck! So where can the lovely viewers find you? Um, call my name into the westward wind, and I shall be there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you could also, if that's a little inconvenient for you, uh, you can find me at trivingdesigns.com. And you can find me at patreon.com slash designs where I should get my slack ass back onto doing some podcasts. And uh, Grace Regeneration and Corny and Ivy on Instagram. And you can find me on Helios Photos and Fandom Crossing where I'm trying to put more content up, but I'm really, really busy with tape and it's like end of semester, so... If if episodes are coming out a little bit late or delayed, sorry, that's that's all on me. I I don't have much time. More importantly, you can find us on Simplecast, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever podcasts are podded. Pod people probably there as well, and you want you want to avoid the pod, pod people. people. Now I really want to watch uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Um, mm-hmm. We're also on YouTube. Like, share, subscribe, click, comment fucking do all the other bullshit algorithmic stuff and I was just trying to figure out what the algorithm would apply to having a name on the wind and I'm fairly certain it wouldn't let me become popular either hmm. and until next time Robo Dog. aww <laughs>